Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I'm joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Mike Mirandi and Dave Glenn. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. Um, if I feel sound a little loopy, it's because I have getting over a cold, A, oh. and B, I'm tired because we're recording this late because Mike was like the kid doing his homework on the bus. We were recording this a half hour later than usual. It's only 30 minutes. <laughs> a half hour is a lifetime in the, uh, in the time schedule of a father, let me yes. tell you. So, I'm a father, uh, too, of multiple projects. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, uh, hey Dave? Can We're you not talking about priests. Hey Dave, can you turn mic up a little bit for me? What? Turn mic up? Yeah. You mean the, the volume? Yeah, turn your volume up. How's Did that? Did you say priests? Why? Like father? You said father. I'm a father too. Oh, okay, this is projects. already going off the rails. Okay, well, <laughs> here uh, we go. Uh, this podcast, uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. But on today's episode, the movie we are here to talk about, guys, bangerang, guys, we are going to talk bangerang. about- Bangerang. Bangerang. Mm. We're going to talk about 1991, mm. Steven Spielberg's classic children's film, oh. Hook. Hook. The stories are true. He's come back to seek his revenge. Only you can save your children. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. So Hook is a movie that I'm excited to talk about because I think it essentially tests the thesis of this show, Uh which is we talk about whether or not movies hold up, right? And Hook is a defining movie of my childhood. I watched it on repeat, had it on VHS, watched it all the time. Um, A beloved movie uh, that I watched. And only only later in my life did I realize that this movie movie was pretty much hated when it came out critically. (laughs) Um, It... Bombed at the bo- not sorry not it bombed with critics but did very well commercially. It was an expensive movie to make but actually made a lot of money. It, um, it uh, so it wasn't a commercial failure. It's just that critically Spielberg, who is so beloved, uh, got trashed for this movie. Um, and it also features like this star cast. It features Dustin Hoffman playing Captain Hook, and it features Robin Williams playing uh, Peter Pan, and there's Bob Hoskins as uh, Shmi, as Shmi, uh, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell. Uh, so pretty big cast. And the, Maggie the, the, Smith as well. Uh, Ma- Maggie Smith, who um, is always been old, I'm convinced. I think she's always just been Dude, 90 she years old. She has not changed. She, she was exactly only in her 50s. Well, she was only in her 50s with makeup in this movie. So. She always looks like that. <laughs> she does. She does, for better or worse. Um, and the premise of this movie, <clears throat> before Dave shits all over it, is, 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 is pretty clever, I, I will say. If you just take the premise, I think it's pretty smart. It's this idea that what if the boy who couldn't grow up, Peter Pan, did in fact grow up, uh, lived a normal life, basically forgot he was 
steals Peter Pan. And then uh, in the context of the movie, Captain Hook comes back, steals Peter Pan's, uh, kidnaps Peter Pan's children, abducts them to Neverland, and Peter must return and uh, reclaim his youthful spirit in order to challenge his uh, longtime enemy. So it's full of, um, it's it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's actually, it's funny, uh, Peter Pan is like the one property that just doesn't go away in Hollywood, like, Literally every couple of years, there's a Peter Pan movie that comes out. Like we're it kind of obsessed like with yeah. Peter Pan, and I, I don't know. What was the most I, recent? Was it Finding Never- Neverland? No, it was Pan. It was the one with uh, Hugh Jackman, um, and it was directed by Joe Wright. Yeah. It was a Peter Pan retelling. Right. Um, so, and then before that, that was a big commercial and critical flop too. Exactly. Well, not. Uh, and prior to that, we had Finding Neverland with Johnny Depp, which is which, which was an okay movie, which is a biopic, but features a lot of Peter Pan stuff, and then. Uh, there was also another Peter Pan movie that came out in like '98, I want to say. Um, so it, it is. It is a uh, wow. You don't. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Peter Pan yeah. from 2003, featuring Jason Isaacs. Excuse wow. me. Yeah, huh. as the bad guy. So um, it's kind of this thing that's in our cultural consciousness. And there's even another. There's been like two more Peter Pan movies that have been greenlit. Uh, oh my oh, God! Who's sorry. getting a call? Uh, Who's getting a call? This is that's really my dad. Weird. Sorry. Tell your dad I'm recording a book. <laughs> Hello, dad. And he's calling the podcast. I know you're a listener. Oh, God. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> High um, five, dad. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, there was a, even a Peter Pan movie coming out that is written by a distant cousin of mine, supposedly. Uh, it's, uh, it's Wait, the movie's being made or, or he's supposedly a cousin of yours? Uh, he is a cousin of mine and the movie has supposedly been greenlit. Oh. Um, so what are yeah. you doing over here? What? Why are you working with him? What? Are you, uh, what? I don't. We're, you can't. Just hey, go. they just made a Peter Pan movie. Yeah, didn't do well. This. What makes you think that this movie is going to do? Anyway, anyway, so back to back to the subject at hand. Hook. So yes, big uh, phenomenon for me as a kid. I'm going to go to <laughs> Dave in a little bit because I want to. I, I want to <laughs> let my joy. Uh, stay for a little bit before he deflates all the air out of it. Oh. So, Mike, did, did you see this movie as a kid? And um, did you like it this time around if you had seen it? Or was it the fresh viewing for you? No, I I, uh, I think I did see it as a kid, actually, because I remember certain scenes. And I knew certain things, like, right before they are about to happen. I'm like, oh, I do remember this. But I, I think I saw it in school, like, over the course of, like, maybe two, like, lunch so periods or something like that. you had, so like, remember- a substitute teacher or something that came in and popped that movie in? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I I did see it, but I didn't remember much of it, um, and I don't remember liking it as a kid. I thought it was one of those things that like you watch in school and you're like, I don't know, I don't want to see this movie. Why is this kid showing this? Why is this teacher showing this to me? I don't, I don't want to watch it. Um, and then the premise going into it, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Uh, he has to remember to be Pan again. I don't know. Um, and I liked it more than I thought I was going to actually. <laughs> so you can extend your joy here a little bit, I think, because I really did. Uh, I did like a movie that I thought I was not going to enjoy. Um, in fact, I think I was giving you grief the last episode of like, why are we doing this one? I don't, I don't want to do this one. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree. I mean, I think it's now. See, I do want to say something. I not being a necessarily a Peter Pan fan, like personally, because I don't think I really ever saw them growing up. Any of like the movies or anything. Um, maybe that's why I like the premise a lot more. Maybe critics hated it because they felt like it was like crapping all over their childhood, which is possible. Um, but I really liked what they did with it. I thought it was a, a pretty, it was a cool idea. I thought it was it was a, a fun premise. You know, I feel like it kind of contradicts itself. But let's just say, what happens if Peter Pan grew up, and why would he? What's the reason he would he would have, need to actually do that? Um, and I think the way they kind of pay off a lot of the stuff, I thought was pretty good. I mean, it's 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 a kids movie, and I think looking at it through the lens 
of a child. I, I really enjoyed it um, because I am a child, basically. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, it, we we looked at, um, uh, it was one a couple couple months ago we did. Uh, Goonies? Goonies, thank you. Mm. I, I, I think just, that, I think it's really interesting. I think this is a really interesting counterpoint to Goonies because I think they both appeal to similar yes. um, mindsets of Kingdom, yes, it does. And I say this movie got it right where I know people hate me for it. I don't think Goonies did. And when I was watching Goonies, I'm like, as an adult, I can't really even enjoy this. Like, it's just annoying. And the kids are getting on my nerves and I kind of hated it. This one had enough stuff in it. Like, Dustin Hoffman's performance is amazing. Like, he was he was all in. Like, he really, he, he wanted this one. Um, uh, Bob Hoskins is great. I mean, the two of them together are fantastic. Um, and even some of the kids, I thought the kids were actually really good actors. Like, the... the um, the two of the lost boys, like Pockets and the, the chubby kid was great. Um, and then like the little girl. Uh, <laughs> you, mean thud, butt. you mean Thud Butt? <laughs> right. So, such a better name. <laughs> such a better name. Um, and then his daughter. Um, God, what is her name? Maggie? Maggie. In the movie? Thank, yeah, 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 yeah. Maggie. Thank you. Right. Mm-hmm, I remember Maggie. thinking, yeah, Maggie Smith. Right. Um, I thought she was like a really good actress. She was like, she mm. was good. She had like, I felt like a more adult personality that like she was a little kid but i feel like she had enough adult knowledge to be able to actually act um i yeah i, I just thought overall i i did enjoy it i think there are some things that are a little like corny here and there. like the special effects are rough um i think oh god i think what's her name was terrible though um, julia roberts yeah agree when, when she's <laughs> in the scene with with um robin williams she's fine and that's actually a really really like bittersweet scene i thought it's very well done but... oh that's interesting we, we, we we're getting ahead of ourselves hold on, uh, hold on. Uh, but let me just back it up real quick i think anytime she is a fairy? the fairy without anyone else in the scene she struggles i don't think she knows how to green screen act i think she needs someone else in the scene to act mm-hmm. but... well i mean anyway. um I, i'll get to that in a second yeah, uh, yeah, about sure. her because she's she's got an interesting backstory into this movie um all right, Dave, lay it on me. Good. Why is Hook bad? Explain to me why Hook's bad. I want to know. <laughs> this movie's long. <laughs> this movie felt so long. Okay, so I saw this movie in the theaters. So long doesn't have to be bad. I'm taking that back. I'm starting over again. Uh, <laughs> this, this movie is just um, is frustratingly mediocre, I, I would call it. And it, ah. it's like... It, it is. Dave, just, Dave just, grew up. Dave grew up. There, That's the problem. Yeah. No, no. There's, there's no way this is a good hey, movie. Hey, Dave, in my house, no growing up. Stop this instant. <laughs> Stop right now. There's no way this is a good movie. And this is coming from, uh, you know, obviously I'm a very big Steven Spielberg fan. I mean, E.T. is one of my top, probably one of my top three movies. Uh and you know, I was the one who suggested oh, Jaws. We do, Jaws we is a do masterpiece. ET because that's com- Halloween's coming up. Anyway, that's sorry. true. Go ET ahead. could be a good one. Um, but I kind of wanted to watch that with my daughter. Anyway, this this is the kind of movie that should have worked like gangbusters. I mean, it's the perfect material for Steven Spielberg. Uh, you know, he he as a director was almost like Peter Pan, right? He was this a boy. He was like a boy director who didn't want to grow up, who just wanted to play with toys and and do all these wondrous things and uh you know he made all these wondrous movies so it was like perfect material for him but this movie just feels so um i don't know what the word is maybe maybe uh mechanical somehow i mean it's like it's like he just let everybody just make the loudest noises they could possibly make and do whatever they wanted without you know uh you know, with with a feeling of like there's that there's nothing at stake. I mean, the kids get kidnapped. 
you know, it should be a very serious and scary thing, but n- nothing ever feels dangerous in this movie. And I think that's probably the biggest, my biggest problem is that... Um, Dave, well, what gets is- murdered. The kid gets murdered. They literally Rufio kill a gets child in this movie. The chest. That's not <laughs> scary. Yeah. Well, he's a teenager, but but no. The movie, <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. It's like yeah. It's like the teenager getting killed in Nightmare on Elm Street. To me, at least. I mean, it. it, it they really didn't do enough for me to build up that character in any way that made me think, oh wow, that's really sad. I mean, it's, you know, I, I felt no, I felt nothing when that kid got stabbed in the chest because. Because the characters seem to feel nothing, you know, like they went right on doing their doing their stuff as if nothing had almost nothing had happened. They were in the middle of a second. war. I mean, you can't. Uh... Yeah, I guess you know. Wait, but hold, hold on. I, okay, so but you know, there were there were more stakes in uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I mean, and that was pretty goofy in itself. And at least it had a great performance by Johnny Depp. Uh, this. You know, yes, Dustin Hoffman is great in this movie. Uh, Robin Williams is fine. All the actors are are for the most part fine. You know, it, it's interesting to. To look at the all all the uh, little '90s throwbacks, there's Lost Boys doing the Running Man for some reason, and skateboarding and basketball and baseball and all the stuff that was you know. I mean, not that that stuff isn't popular now, but I mean, you know, yeah, uh, no, no one plays baseball anymore. Yeah, guys. yeah, I don't know. It felt particularly ni- '80s and '90s to me. You know, well, it, I mean, that me, opening piano riff, like for the first ten minutes of the movie, is pretty oh, friggin' '90s. I, I I have to. I'm going to admit something. I actually paused the movie and it was. I, I got uh, I checked my laptop and my computer to make sure that I wasn't hearing like like I left a browser window on and that some other music was playing because in the opening like 20 minutes of the movie that that jazzy music that's playing when Robin Williams misses his kids baseball game for instance yeah. oh. sounds so like out of place and so like like John Williams just fell asleep on the piano or something. Yeah, no, know. I felt like he just grabbed some kind of like 90s the, elevator uh, music and threw it in there and called it a day. Yeah, but you don't think that the others, the rest of the score is amazing? Like, it's the rest really of it, good. It gets I better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know because it's, it's kind of drowned out by all the other noise Wait, of the I, movie. Wait, can you hum the score for me right now? No, I can't. You can hum it because obviously you saw the movie on repeat as a kid. No, I think the score's legit good. Like, legit okay. one of his hey, best I think, I think scores. By the time you get into the more epic every, stuff, it gets a lot better. Everything by John Williams is going to be at least good, it, but it's just, it's, it was it memorable for can me? Can you no. hum Lincoln's score right now? No, just because you can't hum. Can you hum, hum a War Horse's score right just now? Just because you can't hum a theme Burn. doesn't make it bad. I mean, hum a, hum a, you know. When it comes to John Williams, though, it does, because John Williams is the king of hummable scores. Yes, but I mean, every artist has their He's peak, not, and he, had, uh, he definitely Mozart had his peak in the late king of scores, 70s, <laughs> 80s, and early 90s. Salieri. Anyway, so, it. I mean, there, it, this wasn't like a secret success kind of movie for me where I was like, wow, this is much better than I remembered. No, it felt long. I was like, huh. This movie so you think the end. critics got it right? What? You think the critics got it right, correct? Yeah, for the most part. Surprise, I mean, it's, surprise. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. I mean, I, I can well, only I, tell you how I honestly felt, and I, I mean, was, and I enjoyed parts of it, but for the most part, it felt like a slog. I was telling Mike about this. I don't think you're capable of liking a movie unless critics like it. Possibly. Ooh. I don't think there is a single movie 
that you like. Yeah, I don't think you've ever disagreed with like critical consensus. Boom, roasted. That's, well, that's not necessarily true. Name and one movie. I, I, hey, no, I can't think of any at the moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, okay. So I mean, he, I don't like bad movies. You know. Um. Okay. Hook is not bad. First off, <laughs> it's, not, I, it's not a bad I, movie. It's not. A bad I will movie. firmly admit that part of my appeal uh, appeal to this movie is covered by nostalgia. And we're watching it now. After I haven't watched this movie in like probably like 15 years, so it's been quite a while since I last seen this movie. And in rewatching it, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Dave. One, this movie is fucking long. And it's long in a way that it, it's weird that a movie for kids is two hours and 22 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how they managed to turn in a screenplay. Of like, like, it would be the equivalent of Toy Story being like 180 minutes. Like, it's, it's been an 80-minute movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing is uh, it, the first act is 38 minutes. They're not, they don't get to Neverland until 45 minutes into the movie, which is just crazy. And... Granted, they're laying a lot of pipe, so to speak. Like, they're laying all this track. Where they, they, they have to establish a lot of rules in this movie that are really complex for a kid's movie. Like, they have to explain how someone could forget to be in the most magical place in the world and the fact that he has children and that the, there are real surrogates for the fictional characters and about who Wendy is. Like, there's a lot of just... Expo- it's like an exposition machine for those first 30 minutes. And it... Those... Uh, cliches that it rests upon are pretty brutal like there is nothing more cliche than the 90s businessman obsessed with his <laughs> cell phone who misses his son's big game like holy yeah. crap like that is yeah. it's like no one was like hey this is a little bit a little bit on the nose here steven like that's kind of crazy but i think that there are a lot of bad in this movie but i think the good outweighs the bad I think it's still um, Spielberg is obviously an amazing filmmaker. It's impeccably well made. I yeah, disagree. The, I, I disagree with the fact that you say he kind of just you know phoned it in in the sense that he obviously had a big voice in the way this movie looks, from the production design to the uh, geography of Neverland to wait to even the way the Lost Boys look, which I th- which I think is important. I, I think it's really great that they're a multicultural group of scallywags. Like, the, yeah, the, he's, oh, sure, that's great. But, but I, and I, I and I think that. Uh, the choices he makes just visually, like just the look of the silhouetted treehouse that they're in is got what such a wonderful Adventureland-esque quality to it that I think it really captures childlike imagination. And my, my, my defense of this movie is I think it operates on kid logic. And I think that that's why I think that if you showed this, if you were to show this to a seven-year-old, I think they'd still really dig it. Probably. Um, because. Maybe. Um, because it's got. It's kind of got that seven-year-old logic where it's things are really serious and scary one second, and then they're kind of frivolous and not scary the next. And things make sense, but not real. They don't really make sense. Like when Captain Hook is defeated at the end, it doesn't really make sense, but it makes sense in the context of the movie. Like, yeah, I'll accept that. Like that's the kind of and and right. uh, or the fact that they have this war at the end of the movie, which is essentially adults killing children, but at the same time, it's really slapsticky and funny and right. like kitty. Like it's this idea of uh, it's like very Home Alone-y. Like yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I don't like. Oh. Is, that, is that movie critically acclaimed? Home Alone is critically acclaimed. I don't like it. Well, let's actually look, go. Up, let's look at Home Alone, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh, I don't like Home Alone. Let it be said. No, never mind. It's uh, it's rotten on the te- it's rotten on the oh, thermometer. Serious? Yep. You, the the my theory no still stands. Way. You still have not found. Oh well, hey, that's not fair because well, I didn't know. Not, I, I did. I didn't know whether it was critically acclaimed or not. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that you do this preconceived notion. I just oh. don't think it's possible. Oh, like, okay. I, 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 <laughs> 
I think you're too <laughs> analytical uh, to appreciate it in that level. But anyway, um, I think the movie's very well cast. I agree with Mike that I think all the kids are very good. Uh, good to great, I would say. I don't think there's really a bad... Okay, what kid is great? I think both his children are pretty good. Um, I think his son is less good, but he's he's fine. I think he he does what he needs to do. And I think uh, Thudbutt, a.k.a. the chubby kid, adorable. <laughs> I think the kid nails it. Um uh, and there's a couple of scenes where he laughs like an adult. Like I think when he's talking about the guy who lost his marbles and he's just like, yeah, oh, he, he lost, lost him. He's him like, yeah, good. he sure did. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't come off as a little step and fetch it to you, the, the, the way he like rolls what? down the, the ramp and stuff. It, it, oh, it, okay. The yeah. cannib- Again, you the, mean the cannonball moment? As a kid, movie. I love that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. Hmm. Dave, no, there okay. are so many weirder, stupider things in kids' movies. I mean, Goonies had... Did you yeah. like these? I forget. Wait, wait, yeah, I can't Goonies, remember. What's Goonies your I was like? just I was just meh on, so, which I kind of feel the same way about this one. Okay, so you're about the same. So I, 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 do, just, <laughs> I would have called you out in hypocrisy if you said that Goonies is great and this isn't, because they're both operating on that same level. I would say they're yeah. both they both operate on this desire for kids to go to places where there were like traps and adventures and mm-hmm. to, you know this this idea that there's wonder and mysticism. Here's here's where the there's a couple things in the movie that don't work at all. One, as Dave mentioned, and you're correct in this, Dave, the movie has a real problem balancing tones. Uh, it operates from literally stabbing a kid, in, uh, a child in the chest and watching him die in your arms to the next scene. They're dancing around, barely forgetting that he even existed in the first place. Um, Julia Roberts is awful in the movie. She's yeah. not good. I forgot, um, I forgot how bad even, she was. Even and her, I like her, too. Even her, even her wig is mm. like, could they have gotten her a better wig to, to wear? Um, the the but, one scene, dude. The wig is not the the problem. Is just she cannot, she couldn't act without. I guess she needs another actor there because every scene that she's in that house, fairy form or the house, whatever, it, she's horrible. And I'm like, how does this woman have a career with this kind of acting? This is terrible. Uh, I mean, I think her introduction seems okay, where she fakes dying when he says, "I don't believe in fairies," and she pretends to die and goes down oh, the dollhouse. I think, I think physically her performance is fine. Like she gets all the physical stuff right, but she doesn't come off convincing and and uh, and and. I, she's supposed to be kind of um, I don't know what, not what, what's what I'm looking for like mischievous or something you know she doesn't like none of that is believable like right, just I agree I think I'm like oh I get it she's supposed to be mischievous and fairy like but I'm like yeah. I don't am I buying it really it's someone pretending to be that well I mean um, uh, she uh, it's been like I've, I've been reading a bit about the creation of this movie and apparently she was going through a bad breakup at the time one that was Kiefer in the tabloid Sutherland, with Kiefer I Sutherland I think right um, <laughs> who in a so, movie ironically called Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, it must have been real painful every time they said that. Yeah. She was... <laughs> Interesting connection. There you go. Huh. We've, we've solved the Illuminati mystery that is the hook, <laughs> uh, Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. The thing about that that's interesting is uh, apparently she was really hard to direct and she didn't want to be there. <laughs> and, I can see that. Uh, and she was also at this time one of the biggest stars in she, America. She had just hit like the year before, just became like a with pretty woman, I think. Yeah, so she was, uh, she was her star was at the point where she was big time. Um, but yeah, she Dying. doesn't work all of a sudden. And I, I, Mike, I disagree with you. I think the scene where she shows up and gets big is the worst in the movie. I think it's what? awful. Really? Yeah, and, and, and because it adds a subplot to the movie that just doesn't need to be there. Wasn't like, that always part of it, though? Or no? That is Tinkerbell. That... Well, so in the story, it is. I mean, Tinkerbell is jealous of Wendy. So there's obviously an attraction. Uh, with Tinkerbell to Peter Pan, and this movie is like the logical extension of that. But that right. scene is so cheesy from the dress to everything about that scene does not work for me. So, huh. uh, yeah. so for some reason it worked for me, and I, I guess maybe I thought it was interesting that it was just kind of like this unrequited love that like Tinkerbell, which I guess they never really explore in the... I, I don't know, I thought it was interesting what they did with it, and it didn't ring untrue when she was talking to him there. 
probably because she just went through a big breakup. So she maybe that was the most honest thing she had done in the movie. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess in my in retrospect, in, in analyzing this as as best I can critically and trying to distance myself, do I think the movie holds up? Yes, to an extent. I agree with Dave that it is flawed. I understand a lot of the flaws. Sure, in it. I, yeah, but it I, is. Of course, but it's I a think kids that movie, for, but but I think that for every bad scene, there's a really really good scene. Almost one I would consider to be classic Spielberg. I think the food fight scene is brilliant. I think yeah, it's I think that's great. Pretty cool, yeah, like. How how could you not want to eat that meal, Dave? With all the goo and like... I don't know. I'm sure you want to eat that meal, but I wasn't invested in the scene. I think that scene's great. Uh, and I think that... Uh, I think <laughs> why why oh, is it great? Hey, speaking of goo, uh, young Wendy, that was... Uh, what's her name, right? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In the flashbacks. Uh, putting on a British accent, which is great. Right, right. Um, no, the reason I think that scene is great is it's a real testament to magic. It's this idea of belief. And the movie, if you're going to criticize it of a lot of things, it's very heavy-handed and didactic in how it explains the magic of wonder and belief. Very cheesy, especially towards the end with some of the dialogue. But that sequence, it expresses childlike wonder, and it does it in a way that doesn't spell it out. It shows, it, it shows, but it doesn't tell. Like... This very idea that when he flings the empty spoon and it hits Rufio in the face, right. that that explains everything without having to be like, and now Peter, now in Peter, without Peter being like, I'm using my imagination. Like it's just really well done. I think cinematically, just the mm-hmm. way it builds to that moment, and even when uh, Rufio throws the uh, coconut and Peter cracks it in midair, like I think that all works really well and he, even the insults are classic I mean yeah insults uh, are great yeah yeah you're, uh, you, uh, you're maggot burger with flies on the side come on man that's just it's uh, good I, stuff no I don't know I don't think it's good stuff I'm sorry I mean this it's, is you from know. a man who doesn't have fun, and it's like so it's like what it, mind. you know what I, I just have we're just you, we may just have to call this a subjective kind of thing because I mean I mean we can both agree that technically the movie's well made it's just you know and, and this scene is well done and it's well acted for the most part but you know, I, I don't care about any of those kids, and and honestly, we we haven't talked much about Robin Williams, but who's I think he's he's fine in the movie. Like I remember as a kid thinking, wow, he'd be perfect for Peter Pan for for whatever reason. But watching it as a, as an adult now, it just hey, can we just talk about the fact that he's maybe actually sword fighting in a couple of those scenes, which I find very impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a pretty fit guy, Robin Williams. I mean, he, I would no, I wouldn't describe Robin Williams as fit necessarily, but well. I, as the kids say, you're a fat old grandpa man. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, he right was, there, he was, he was pretty. He was pretty fit. Um, so I Dave, think I, I, I don't I'm know. Curious, like I with. Well, you- hey, maybe here. So maybe I'm. I'm. I'm uh, just a thought. Maybe there's. Maybe I have a problem with the whole premise of this movie. I mean, maybe the idea uh, when you were at the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about how there's an interesting idea of Peter Pan growing up and forgetting that he was Peter Pan. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that premise could have been interesting had it been developed in a different way. But, I mean, the idea of having to, to go back to Neverland and rediscover himself, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, and, I, and maybe you can help me figure out why, but it, that, that, that idea just isn't that interesting to me. Like, I'm, I'm just not invested in his story. Like, it, it doesn't feel, you know, maybe because it doesn't feel like there's anything really at stake to me. I mean, he's, like I said, he goes to get his kids. You know, at the beginning, like, you know, halfway through the movie, it, it feels like something dangerous should happen, um, but but nothing does. I mean, it's you know he, you know what what happens that why doesn't he just so you're take, ta- take you're, the kid like <laughs> no you no you're you're I talking mean, about Captain Hook is about to let him go. 
You know, it, it's like, why doesn't he just go home? Like, why doesn't he just take his kids and go home? I mean, like, he what, what, what's, what's, he's afraid of heights. He's afraid of heights. Yeah, but then Captain Hook says, like, ah, this isn't really Peter Pan. Just go home. No, he says he's going to kill him, and he makes him walk the plank, and they yeah. knock him off, and then the mermaids. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. And then Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. yeah, right, right. That's right. true. Yeah, but I mean, even that even that doesn't feel that, that no, dangerous I, because the mermaids come and whatever. Well, yeah, he, you can't kill off Peter Pan, man. No, of course, no, of course okay. you can't. But I mean, you have there has to always be the threat that something dangerous could happen. No, you're 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 talking about a classic screenwriting thing. You're talking about stakes. This movie like, doesn't have any stakes. Compare this to say Jurassic Park, which is the next like big spectacle movie that he made next. I mean, that's a classic movie for a reason. You don't even like Jurassic Park. Though. I do like Jurassic Park. It's not my, you call it your favorite movie ever made. I, 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 it's not my, I don't consider it the best movie ever made. It's not my favorite movie. No, it, it is the best movie ever made. That's oh, fine. Oh, no, it's not. But it's okay. <laughs> it's still a great movie. And, and you know, the reason it's great is because, uh, you know, there actually feels that there's actual danger in that movie. No, you, know, like, I, you know, there's actual conflict. This movie, it, it just doesn't feel like... Anything matters. No, I agree with you. And I think this is a big problem with kids' logic, right? So that's like, why that food fight scene, to, to circle back, that's why that food fight scene doesn't matter. I mean, well, that, what, scene's what, not a, that, that scene's not about uh, that scene's not about danger. That scene's about character development and, well, and right. expressing the theme of the power of imagination. That's not about stakes, so yes. to speak. But I think that's so, a really— So el- here, here, here's something I want to know. And, and I think, you know, I, I forgive a lot of the faults of this movie because it's a kid's movie. Um, and Ivan, I think you're probably in the same camp, but— I, I, do you have a movie, a kids' movie, that you feel like is done right, where the stakes babe. are there? And oh things yeah, are... Ba- yeah, Babe. For babe one. has no stakes uh, though. E. T. E. What's the oh, stakes? Oh, Babe has stakes. Babe has stakes. Babe has stakes. They, they, they're going to the literally, game. literally. They're going to make stakes out of, <laughs> out of all, all the characters. <laughs> Come on, guys, that was good. That was good. Um, I liked it. Man. I thought it was good. Someone, someone at home is is appreciating that. So that's. Yeah, good. I mean, I was a fan of Stranger Things that came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like. I think Stranger Things has a lot of problems, though. That's not. Yeah, it does have. It does have. Stranger Things is a, a thing made for kids that were grew up in the '90s and '80s. It's not made for but kids. It's, yeah, but it is for adults. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, no, I agree with you. I think there is a stakes problem in the movie, and it goes back to this idea of childlike logic, where. Um, it's like kids' rules, like when you're playing like laser tag, or I'm sorry, like freeze tag with a the kid. And they're like, yeah, but you can't hit me because I have a mutability. I have a force field shield right Wait, now. What kid? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What kid says immutability? Invisibility. I'm trying to say something. Basically, I'm saying how kids change rules of games so they don't get caught as they go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, kids adapt rules as they play something to better suit their circumstances. That's a very kid-like thing to do. Sure. And the movie is representative of that in the sense that there's never. I agree with. Dave, that end fight sequence, as a kid, I remember that being really action-packed and intense, but in watching it now, there really is no stakes in the sense because it's kind of funny, kind of not funny, and it just, it lacks any sense of true danger, except for the part where they killed the 14-year-old. But other than that... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it reminded me of Spielberg's no, I, movies. It reminded me the most of uh, 1941, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen, but that, you know, that's a slapstick comedy, but it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that one, and that was another one of his kind of critical misses and uh, yeah I mean it's just it, but I, I guess are you guys like forgetting cartoons though cartoons were that all the time like they would in 30 minutes they have to create and, and bring down a well, villain and often well, the villain like slips in a puddle and gets arrested like I feel like Peter Pan was logic, a cartoon I'm not, well, not, not originally I'm Disney talking about like yeah, Saturday morning cartoons I'm talking about just in general most kids movies have very low stakes like that I think kids get the idea of this big battle between good and evil but it doesn't necessarily make them question anything because I, I, I don't know I think a lot of these the problems we're saying is a kid's movie I think I don't know I give them a pass I don't any other movie Dave I agree with you 100% but I think 
because kids aren't really gonna it's supposed to be more of a lighthearted movie about growing up and and following rules and i feel like they kind of phone the fight in and the stakes there and because it's mostly moved about fatherhood and growing up and not you know remembering how to have fun i feel like if anything the sword fight's in there almost uh it's almost an obligatory sword fight because peter pan does that and previous well here's a good comparison maybe maybe this will be a good comparison I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I think Harry Potter is okay. It's like I, I'm I'm waiting for my daughters to get to the age where they're going to be really into Harry Potter at some point. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. We just don't show them the movies. Let them read the books and move on. Read the books or whatever the movies. Read the books. Movie, I think read the movies, books. Are, movies yeah. are garbage. Just let them read oh, the books. Oh wow! No, yeah. no way. Movies they're, are garbage. I mean, they're, they're garbage. They're, they're, they're at least some. Have of them you are read fine. the books, Dave? Uh, the first four. Well, I mean, years ago, the books are long time. Movies ago. aren't terrible, but the first, the books the are movies so much are better. definitely not. I mean, I would. Say I the, think the first one is garbage. I'd say the second one is bigger garbage. The third one is okay, but the book is so much better. The fourth yeah. is garbage. The fifth See, is garbage. I, they all I, they all kind of blend together for me, mostly except for that Alfonso Cuarón one. The third one. No, until like they're just like all the Holy same shit. movie for me. But it, uh, but they're definitely not garbage. Yeah, that makes the, that makes them garbage. The first two aren't that good. A- anyway, the point is that those <laughs> those movies have life and death stakes. You know, like I don't that, I don't agree with that. in a way that this one doesn't. Most of those movies it's, do. It's darker though. I, I would say Harry Potter is a mo- is a series of books or movies, which whichever one you want to talk about. I think that does it perfectly. I think to, to I I would say it almost airs on the side of being too adult for kids. Um, and I would say that by the seventh book, I feel like it's written for its audience as it gets older. The first book is a lot more kiddy, and then as you get further and further in, as these kids who are you know grew up reading that first book are older and older, it starts delving into more adult themes. Um, and I, I would say that the first movie is a little bit; it's not on the same level as this. I think it's definitely older than that. But I feel like this is a movie for younger kids, like The Lost Boys. I feel like that age, that's what the movies cater to. Those kids aren't really that deep of thinkers at that point you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah but Harry Potter I, I feel like that movie is, is you have an older kid I mean that kid's going off to school what, what grade would you put him in like 5th grade or something uh, what were you the, which one he's a, he's the first one he's 11 11 okay so I think it's definitely older than the kids here I'd say the kids here probably what 7, 8 well I mean there's a whole fluctuation like the Lost Boys are all different ages leading up to Rufio who's like 15 or whatever right um, yeah. but I don't know. I, I I see what you're saying, Dave. I just I hate the Harry Potter movies wow. so much. I didn't realize. I, I didn't realize. Well, I just think that I think those. <laughs> nerve. I think the books are so good. I think those books are some of. I think they're the greatest uh, work of children's literature ever written. Wow. And I think that those movies are so unnecessary and, and, and represent this big problem we have as a culture to need to see everything. Like, yeah, I we agree had to make we had to make those movies because we had to see what everything looked like, and it was so much better when we could all just be like, hey this world exists in a literary format. Those books are meant to be literary. Like they're very, they're not meant to be movies. They're, they're meant to be told in large. Like, swaths I, I think, of time. I, I don't think they even got the casting right. The only thing I will say, the good thing that came out of that movie was seeing Snape because Snape is pretty much Snape in the books. Alan Rickman freaking nailed it. Right. Um, but anyway, I don't want to digress too much on the, on the Harry Potter. <laughs> good conversation, Evan. Good, good talk. Good yeah, talk. I really. But no, I, yeah, Alan Rickman's great. I'm sad that he's dead. That sucks. But <laughs> good, good. Oh, just really button that one up real good. That was, <laughs> um, I understand no. why you're our host now. Yeah. Well, we're all hosts, Mike. So speaking of villains, Dustin Hoffman in this movie, killing pretty it. Good. I mean, for, for me, if I'm going to say some good things about this movie, I'd say anything with uh, Bob Hoskins and, and Dustin Hoffman is. <laughs> 
Smee and, and Hook. The when he's committing suicide, that's comedic genius. Yes, uh, you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know about comedic genius. Don't try genius. to stop me. Don't try to stop me. Do try don't, to stop yes, me. Yes, no. <laughs> well, get off mean, your ass and try to stop me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a great actor is still, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's He was great in the movie. I think, you know, Dustin Hoffman is fantastic. I mean, I love his accent's great. The way, the way, uh, um, just the way he moves is just it's fun to watch, you know. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he does a phenomenal job. Yeah, so it's a it's a fun performance. The only, the only thing I didn't like about his character was the way they wrap things up with him, where he's just sitting on the ground waiting for that giant crocodile to fall on him. I mean, that's which I you know. I, I like, guess you know, it was dead or it was a lot. How did it get eaten? I don't know. He just it, we again. This is the problem with the child logic of the movie. It doesn't make sense. He just for disappears. He just disappears. Yeah. Uh, you the thing about Neverland that I find really interesting is. So in watching this movie as a kid, for some reason I thought it took place like over like months. It takes place over the course of three days in, right. in Neverland, uh, which, is, which is crazy <laughs> yeah. because his son literally forgets who he is in a day and a half. Yeah. And I, but I, I would argue it kind of makes sense. Maybe three days is three years in Neverland. Right. It's like this mm. weird thing where time doesn't work normally in Neverland. And also, um, have you noticed that boys always forget Neverland, but girls don't? So um, Wendy, old Wendy, Maggie Smith, obviously remembers everything that happened in Neverland, but Peter has forgotten. Uh, they've all for- and Toodles is kind of remembers, but is is everyone thinks he's insane, like mm. that kind of thing. He lost his marbles uh, because he lost his oh. marbles. <laughs> um, yeah, he lost them good. Um, but the sister, <laughs> the sister, remembers. The mom and the dad and everyone, but Jack is the one that forgets everything. Because so I think that it's like this idea that bo- and there's only lost boys. There are no lost girls, and I think that's important because I think what J.M. Barry is basically saying that girls are too smart to forget and be lost. Mm. Like, I, and I think that's kind of, and I I do think the movie kind of works in that illogical, logical way in that in that sense. Like there are these defined set of rules that somehow makes sense even though they don't really because how could you forget basically there's a lot of interesting stuff with the Peter Pan story in general I mean even you know the whole fear of a ticking clock and the fact that all the adults are the bad guy like it's a whole thing it's a story about you know being afraid to grow I mean obviously it's being afraid of time right right exactly I mean that's obvious in the story but there's also just subtleties that they put in as well um and it's actually like a really bittersweet story because in some way that, that there's a lot of one-way streets in this in the sense of like where they're leaving they can't go back like everything has changed things are different maybe that's why I like the movie more than um, than uh, Dave did I, I don't know I just that always kind of strikes a chord with me the bittersweet the things you have to give up in life I feel like it touches on that a little bit and maybe that's what I like about it more than anything else yeah it's just one of those things where um, I just think the movie feels deeper than Goonies like there, there yeah, is some there's some meat here and I will concede that a lot of it is yeah, messily I'll, handled, but I'll there is some there there is there is notions about so the reoccurring refrain of the movie is that uh, death is the only adventure left, hmm. or, and then right, they, right. life or, life is the only adventure. No, they spin it at the end by yeah. For a while, he says he's going to kill himself. He's like, well, death is the only great adventure left, and uh, yeah. and then, Peter and then he Pan, tells it to Peter Pan later on, yeah. And he says that at the very end, Peter says, "Life is the great adventure." Right. So it, it's I I do think this movie like. So you could you could even argue that the entire movie is a dream sequence for Peter Pan, like or this guy named Peter Banning who basically is going through a midlife crisis where he's losing his family and needs to have like this feeling of wonder to re, to spark yeah. his. But you can't really make that argument when the guy at the end throws pixie dust on himself and flies out the window in front but of I everybody. Know, this, this is the thing Ivan does this a lot where he'll look at like what is the story? Like maybe what was it to the writer when the writer wrote it? Like what was he going through? What was it about? What's the meta story here? Right? And I think yeah, th- literally the story is about him as a as a uh, 
uh, Peter Pan, but you know the, the the bigger heart of the story is about a man. Like I think Ivan is we, he kind of you, you did this with um, uh, Fight Club too and a couple other movies, um, where you kind of looked at it as like what what yeah. is this actually about? And oh, I, I see. Well, I, I disagree think, with you yeah, that like, literally to... what it's about, but I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah. No, I just want to like I I guess my point is like Goonies like what is that movie about other than kids screaming a lot? And Nothing. I think that this I think this movie is about something. And whether or not it totally succeeds, at least I give it credit for going for it. Now, it does falter at the end because it is some of the lines at the end are so syrupy sweet. And even for Spielberg, who is known Oof. for making syrupy sweet things. Like I think the scene cute. where they're like, I believe in you. I believe in you. Yeah, like, yeah you, you already believed in him from like halfway through the movie. We don't need this shit. This is not. Like... Well, his son didn't. So I guess that works. But well, his, his son, right. The son, maybe if he was the last one that didn't. And then he, then he does it. That's different. But the kids, <laughs> superfluous. Didn't need it. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff where it's, it's just milking that same teat over and over again. Uh, hmm. again this goes into it being 200 uh, uh, 500 hours long because it is so long for a kid's movie. Um, so I, I will concede, like, if this movie was a tight 90 minutes, I think you might like it a lot better, Dave. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if it was a tight 90 minutes and then there was a little more, I felt like there was a little more at stake. I mean, I, I mean, hey, even an hour 45, I mean, just give me something that, some meat in this movie. I mean, it's just, there. there's not a lot of meat in there. For me, at least. I mean, you want to talk about a, a movie that wasn't that, that critically acclaimed. Another Spielberg movie that maybe you can compare this to was, was uh, AI. Have you seen AI? Uh, a while ago. I have yeah. seen AI, though. Yeah. And, I mean, and that that's one for me that really, you know, uh, was what I wanted this movie to be, where I went back and I looked at AI years mean, later. I'm like, not wow, a, I like this movie. You mean not a kid's movie? <laughs> it, it is kind of a, it's a little bit of a kid's movie. Uh, I mean, Gigolo Joe? Really? Well, yeah, 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 I guess. You mean I not mean, a kid's movie. <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> Dave would have liked Took a lot better if it wasn't meant for hey, kids. Talking, oh, God, guys. <laughs> well, maybe we're just, maybe I just don't like uh, movies. I mean, hey, kids' movies don't have to, can have stakes, you know. Kids' I movies agree, can I have agree. danger. It's okay for the, I mean, even the Goonies had some you know i would argue there is danger in this movie it just doesn't feel consistent uh the the sequence where they're abducted is horrifying it is dark and it's scary you don't think that felt it doesn't feel feel horrifying it felt like they uh you know it it felt like something out of poltergeist a little bit but that but poltergeist is a movie that holds up and is really scary oh i disagree i don't think that movie is very good at all the original Poltergeist? Yeah. Oh, come is that the one with the girl when she like says they're here yes it's not that good i watched it recently that so good there's a stupid sure monster. Sure, wasn't the remake. No, no. There's like a monster at the end, and the yeah. special effects are really bad. Yeah, not good. Oh, oh no! What? Oh. There's no stakes in that movie either. There is definitely in Poltergeist. No stakes. Yes, come on. The family's gonna. The, the, the girl is the kidnapped, and it's, she's actually in a scary place where the. Oh my god! See, that would be a, maybe a good movie to follow up this up. We're, I don't, we're not gonna. We're not gonna do a Poltergeist next. <laughs> Why not? No, <laughs> maybe we should do Poltergeist next. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it was to... written by Steven Spielberg. You're, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can go to battle with you twice. To, 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 uh... <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, we, yeah. You just watched it though, and you said it wasn't good. I, I mean, when I say just watch, it, I think I watched it like I, I've only watched it for the first time like five years ago because I heard it was so good. I had to see it, and I was not impressed. Huh. So I don't well, it's know. interesting because I, I rewatched it for the first time in a long time recently, and then saw the remake, and I'm like, it's a night and day difference. How much better the I haven't seen the remake, so well, I, yeah, I can't don't bother. <laughs> I can't vouch for that. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know. I, I, I think. Um, well, this is interesting because 
we're coming up from three different perspectives here. There's the kid who grew up in the 90s that was obsessed with this movie, and I think a lot of kids my age are. Uh, the, this movie's very culturally... Re- culture, I can't say that word. I didn't realize that, I guess. It's very relevant. Like, there are bands named after Rufio. There are songs named... Skrillex has a song called Skrillex. Bangerang. Yeah, Bangerang. Really? Oh, I don't know. Like the, and the it's movie, got sound bites from the movie. Did you just say a, a sentence in English there? Skrillex has a song named Bangerang? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Skrillex. The, uh, the, yeah, it's on the fleek, Dave. Come on. He's missing half his hair. I know who Skrillex is. Yeah, I know. I'm Sad just, to say. Uh, I'm just saying that the movie, if you grew up in the 90s, I think the movie did stick with you. Um, uh, there are so many references to this movie in our adult culture now, which I find interesting. So obviously a lot of kids enjoyed watching this when I was my age. But Dave, you were too old to like this movie purely on a kid level. So I, I think, guess at I that think, point, yeah. I think you were too analytical, and I think that... The, the, there is. That's the reason it doesn't. I mean, it's like five or six years too late or something. Exactly, and um, that's why my, you know, my, obviously my perspective is very colored in my nostalgia for it. But Mike, you didn't seem to be that big of a fan as a kid. And you kind of liked it this time around. So maybe there is something here, legitimately, not just nostalgia. But there may be something. Yeah, legitimately I mean, maybe here. I think a lot of it has to do with some of the stuff that I think a kid wouldn't get. Like I think Dustin Hoffman's performance, I just really enjoy. Maybe that's coloring the rest of the movie for me because I just really enjoyed that. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm giving it more. Maybe my 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 appreciation for it as a kid is a little more of a testament to if it's actually good or not, um, because I think I'm ignoring a lot of the things I didn't like about it just because I'm like, ah, it's a kid's movie. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, so special effects, you said they weren't very good. I think they hold up pretty well. Yeah, um, special effects. Uh, I, I feel I feel like the set design, everything feels doesn't feel like it ever expands that much to me. I mean, it, when you when you talked about the uh, geography of Neverland. It, you know, it's, it's, I, I find it difficult to remember much of how things are laid out at all. I mean, everything it, it feels it always feels like the the ship is docked. You well, know, it like is. he's like okay, well then I mean it, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it. That, there's one reason why it doesn't feel very dangerous because it's not like at sea where it might be interesting. And um, you know, the the never the uh, the Lost Boys. I mean, to you, that doesn't feel like like a, you walked into like a, a mall toy store or something. I mean, no. that's how it felt. Me. Well, I mean, um, it feels like you're walking in the queue line of a Disney attraction to me. And yeah, I, I yeah. would um, – it's the last of um, – it's the last of like warehouse movies, I want to call them, like where there were big sound stages where they construct right. gigantic sets. If this movie was made today, which, it, you know, Pan was made recently, it'd just be a big CGI mess. Well, and- I disagree. I think that, that- – Set design is coming back in, in in a big way, you know. Okay, with, Dave. With Star Wars. Like the Force Awakens. You mean like yep. uh, you mean like the Jungle Book? No, I'm I'm just saying that I I think that movies are are. If you were to make pan filmmakers today. are trying to bring back set design as a, you know like let's say the Force Awakens, Star Wars. Uh, you know there were a lot of sets built for that movie, and I'm sure a lot of sets were built for the uh, you know. I guess you know. my uh, I guess my larger point is like we had a pan movie that came out last year. The whole thing is CG, pretty okay. much. And I, I, I like the tactile nature of the of the movie. I like how everything looks like you can feel and touch it. I like there are creative decisions about the Lost Boys area where there's the four seasons are going on concurrently in the Lost yeah, that's Boys cool. world, which I think is creative. Like there's a snow area and an oh, autumn area yeah. and a summer area, which I think is kind of neat. Um, I, I, I mean, if you're talking about it not feeling expansive enough, um, I think that's somewhat limited to the production, like what is capable of, being done in 1991 sure. but I do like I like little touches like when he's I think the scene when he's flying for the first time over Neverland is beautiful yeah. and I think it's exhilarating and this you can see the compass rose in the water uh, yeah. which yeah. I think again little nice fantasy touches that are very Spielbergian makes it feel very or, storybooky yes 
Um, so I know I, I enjoyed all that. Um, you are right. Uh, the ship never moves. <laughs> kind of lame. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, like why make it a ship? Like it would only be thirty minutes. It would be thirty minutes longer because they'd we have can, a third act where they're out on the high seas. All right, Stephen, we can build you a ship. Can't put it at sea. Well, it's because it's in a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. They didn't. Yeah, the what, Titanic. What do you think Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, you mean a movie that was shot uh, uh, like ten years later, thirteen years later? Yeah, well, not thirteen years. <laughs> Twelve. Yeah, but, well, whatever. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, there are movies from like the forties and fifties where ships were at sea. I mean, they could have put the ships at sea. It was already a very expensive movie. I think this cost about seventy-four million dollars. Yeah, well, cut to out make. forty-five minutes and put the ship in sea for Christ's sake. <laughs> that would save the movie for you. <laughs> well, it would. Yeah, it would feel a little bit dangerous. Like you know, they could just leave the ship and go like have lunch and come back and keep fighting. And yeah, there's no mm. whatever. <laughs> whatever. I, I did enjoy the scene where uh, Glenn Close plays uh, a bearded pirate, though, where she what? gets put in a box. That's Glenn Close. She is uh, the Glenn... boo box. The the boo is that what it is? The boo box with the, the scorpion yes. box. Yeah. The boo box. Yeah, that, yeah, Wait, that felt what? that was a little. I could, I, that was a little. He did look. Tiny. He did look a little weird. Now that that's why because it was a woman with yeah. a beard. Phil on. Collins. Phil Collins is in this movie, <laughs> but Phil I think Collins? it's more. I think it's more obvious that it's Phil. Collins. Well, he plays like a police inspector in in London or something. Well, that's random. Oh, that guy. That. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think this is. A, I think that's a good perspective on the movie in the sense that uh, it's probably it's a very flawed movie. I think it's unfairly maligned in Spielberg's career. I'd argue that he's made a lot worse movies than this. Well, um, just because he's made a lot worse movies than this doesn't mean. Well, I mean, if he, when when they when they rank. Uh, Spielberg movies, Hook is always last. Really? It's always dead last. Hmm. So um, what movies are I would say War Horse is worse than this movie. Wow. I think War Horse is awful. Huh. <laughs> uh, I, I think that um, there are a lot of Spielberg movies that are just kind of boring um, that don't quite work for me. Um, I don't. The remember, Lost I, World is pretty bad. <laughs> I, the, I think The Lost World, World is much worse than this. Um, I, okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the BFG, but uh, I don't know. Something about that probably doesn't look very good. So. <laughs> you know, I'm interested to see it now just so I can come and tell you that it was better than Hook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look just at it. Just to rub it in your face. <laughs> just to rub it in your fat face. Huh? 1941, not so good. The Twilight Zone uh, segment he did, not so good. That's my least my least favorite segment in that whole movie. Yeah, so, same. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, Feels the, the least appropriate for the Twilight Zone. Yeah, he's obvious. I mean, look... Spielberg is obviously a genius. He's one of the probably the five masters of cinema that's ever existed. Of course, he made this movie, and then he made like two of the greatest movies ever made, probably right. Schindler's List and Jurassic Park within a couple of years. But ago. even the cinematic nature of this movie, like if you if you just look at the movie with the sound off, there are certain shots in the movie that are incredible that just show like a great mastery of cinema. Yeah, it's like he, the he, way he pulls back the camera, like when the when the he could do all that stuff in his sleep, though. I mean, it's like he he speaks that you know he speaks that language. Uh, you know, he, I guess he, I just find it amazing. Like, he poops good I, cinema without even trying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just because there's a lot of people that love movies and love watching movies and can study movies their entire lives and still couldn't put a movie together as well as he puts Hook together. And Hook is one of his bad movies, you know, so to speak. Right. So, yeah. I, oh. I just think that's kind of interesting. Um, no. So um, final question for you, Dave, before we close this one out. Temple of Doom <laughs> or Hook? Where are you going? Uh, Temple of Doom. Interesting. All right. Oh, I got to go with Hook on this one. <laughs> oh, come I on, hate guys. Temple of Doom so oh, bad. Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. For it, we talked about all three movies, and you did not like. Oh, it. I hate it. Catch I hate me if it. you can, or Hook. Oh, definitely catch me if you can. Come on, Amistad or Hook. Hook. 
Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. <laughs> okay. Amistad isn't one of his better ones. All right. No. Although Jimon Hansu is very good in that movie. No, no, there are. I, I don't think there. I don't think there is a single Spielberg movie that is all bad all the way through. I think there are elements of good in everything no, he's ever I, done. No, I didn't but, say his movie was all bad. I just but, said it was a slog. <laughs> there you go. So I don't know. Very good. Um, definitely. Um, this movie kind of this movie holds up for me despite the fact that I agree it's very very flawed. Um, I'm curious to see if you commenters out there or listeners out there uh, still enjoy it as well. Um, glad we had a chance to talk about it. Um, Dave, what's our next movie? Uh, well, I think it's going to be Cape Fear. Cape no, Fear. I thought we said it was going to be misery. Or, or misery or misery. misery. It was, it was, misery. It was a toss up between Cape Fear and misery. The Rob Reiner We're uh, gonna romantic go with comedy. We're going to go with, with yes, the romantic. We, we've done how many Rob Reiner movies? We've, we've done when we, Harry we met Sally. When Harry met Sally. Yeah, and that was it. When Harry met Sally. And so this will be the second one. There misery. There you go. It'll be misery. With Kathy Bates and James Caan. A movie that um, I know, like I know, I've seen the famous scene in that movie, yes. but I've actually never seen it all the way through. So it'll be interesting too. Definitely appropriate for October. Can't believe it's October again already. I know. I mean, we should rewatch Hoosiers again. Mike, any final thoughts you have, or are you ready to close this one out? I'm ready to, to lock it up. I think all we right. touched everything. People, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on my Twitter account at Mike Morandi or um, at my website at MikeMorandi.com. Dave, where can people find you? Dave Glanz on Twitter, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And you can find me at Ivan Kander on Twitter. That's K-A-N-D-E-R. And uh, my website is Lucky9Studios.com. So, yes, there you go. Dad, uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry I couldn't answer the phone. Yeah, okay, thanks dad. for hi, joining dad. the podcast, Dad. Mm-hmm. But hi. High hi five, Dad. <laughs> It was, uh, it's always good Dr. Glantz. Sorry. Hi, Dr. Glantz. I knew that. Dr. Dad. Hi, Dr. Hi, Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and tell, <laughs> <laughs> if you can find us on, you can find us on the web. at really Podcast. appreciate it. <laughs> so desperate. You can find us on the web at reviewpodcast.com at facebook.com slash review podcast. Email us at contact at reviewpodcast.com and like, and re- leave reviews on iTunes, just like every other podcast asks you to do. Um, so until next time, bangerang Peter. You ready? I'm ready to rock. All right. Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my handsome debonair co-hosts. Say hello, Mike Morandi and Dave Glanz. Hello, hello gentlemen. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to say- Oh, man. Wow. I think there's a curveball. Did you guys like that? Ugh. <laughs>